0: and really the human stories are the ones that are most touching um embodiments of normalcy that are sometimes mm. important to remind us that despite the war zones and all of these all the strife that there is such a thing as as day-to-day life yeah um, and mm-hmm. then i and then i find myself drawn to the uh the experience of asma who's mm. featured in your film on taz uh this young girl who uh is, you know, is injured from. Uh, I, I imagine a mortar attack or some something along those lines yeah and uh, and then you, you basically follow her and there's sort of hope that she might survive but you know I, yeah and she's, she's one of she's one of those characters who is etched in into the memory of anybody who, who might watch this film um, and and it speaks to the unspeakable horror uh, of conflict and and really the the innocence uh, lost in in this conflict. Can you tell us a little bit about Asma and why she featured so prominently in in your film?
1: Uh, Asma haunts me. Um, So basically the day I arrived in the hospital, um, in the OR, um, there was this tiny little thing and uh, her, her, when I was filming, I I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, but I, I could tell it's a tiny thing. Um, and the dark doctors were frantically trying to close her brain. So ba- basically, uh, uh, she was hit by shrapnel in the head, and her, her skull fractured. And um, sitting there filming her brain, um, we we in the film decided later that would not be something that uh, that could go on air. Um, but I uh, so I followed her from from the OR and the doctor trying to um to close her brain and um and uh, the lack of oxygen and all, all the drama that came with that um and then um when when she uh, when she was in the recovery room one of the doctors happened to be from her village and uh he was saying that her uh, entire Family uh, were made homeless basically twice, and uh, she was hit by a mortar with uh, 23 other kids uh, who were waiting in line for water. Uh, if you've seen the film, you'll see that Tad's has been cut off from any of the main uh, main sources of water, and so they had to. It, it depend on uh, donations of water uh, that could be smuggled in or from uh, from wells that they had reopened in, inside the city so obviously water was a major issue and uh, she uh, among uh, other kids um, were either badly injured or killed um, and and uh the doctor was really optimistic about her surviving and you could see him like he's smiling and mm-hmm. all the doctors in the in, in the hospital would come visit her and so um and uh yeah but uh when i was doing the package for the news uh, just after like a week after i left um i called the doctor to ask about her Um, and it turned out they smuggled her, out through the same route I had left and, um, she died in a aiden hospital a day before she was supposed to get on a plane, um, to get surgery to save her life. And, um, yeah, so uh, when I was filming it, I was hoping it was one of the, um, uh the success. bright yeah the success, success yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a bright light in the hospital mm-hmm. um and uh it uh, absolutely wasn't it, i mean the,
0: yeah but i mean i have to say that one of the bright spots was the doctor that you featured who seemed to have really committed himself to the Hippocratic oath of, yeah. you know, um providing assistance and services and, and support and therapy and treatment to anyone who came in and was not sort of um was not drawn into the conflict and recognized um the problems. I mean there was a moment where a young man from his neighborhood or from his area that he recognized uh, he called him out on on having joined one of the militias. I think it was either Al mm. or Dash or something yeah. of the sort, and and, um, and sort of lamenting how problematic that is, and gave him a little bit of a reprimand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it's fairly clear that there
1: Can I tell uh, you another sad story then? Yeah,
0: well, of course.
1: Sadly, uh, he um, his neighborhood was hit by a mortar, and five of the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, died, and uh, he's decided to leave the country because uh, he's a, he's worried for his own kids, so hmm. he's left.
0: So even, <laughs> even <those> who, <laughs> who we can count, who we suspect we can count on for uh, a level-headed uh, interpretation of the state of affairs... Uh, but not- isn't,
1: that, isn't that war? Yeah, yeah. you... Uh, um, the middle ground is uh, no longer somewhere you, you can exist. You mm-hmm. you become a fringe. Mm-hmm. You have to become either or. Uh, the people in between either die or flee. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the sad reality of, uh, of. I mean, we could have b- been describing Syria or Iraq yes. or yeah. or Libya. You know, uh, and, and Yemen. It's uh, it's all the same. We 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 have our governments refuse to reform in peaceful uh, ways. And so they push people to this extent. And then when this happens, everybody's like, why is this happening? It's like you, you've supported dictatorships. And then you ask yourself why people have come to this. I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Western support for the dictatorships in the, uh, in the region. Um, I think... It's, uh, it's irresponsible to be this naive, um, if not outright hypocritical uh, about how the West uh, relates and deals with uh, corrupt governments in the region. And and by saying corrupt, I'm being nice, Uh, you know, and so it's, it's really frustrating when we're talking about these things. It's like, but we're talking about how's this war run, right? Who is selling? All these weapons to Saudi Arabia and the coalition. Who was who was providing these weapons to the Houthis and to Ali Saleh? Who's made these weapons? I mean, with Ali Saleh, a lot of the weapons were was bought from the anti-terrorism money that he'd been taking from the Americans, uh, allegedly fighting Al Qaeda. Right. So, you, we need to take responsibility for this. We can't. We can't keep claiming that we have nothing to do with the Middle East or that the M- Middle East is perpetually at war for no reason. There, there are obvious reasons why th- these things continue.
0: Yes, absolutely, and of course. Sorry, Saudi, I went on we, a rant. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's yeah. an important rant, and and of course we continue to sell billions of dollars worth of, um, you know, of arms to Saudi Arabia and,
1: and I other mean, Gulf countries. Saudi Arabia specifically it buys the most weapons in the world right now. In the world, like even more than India. How is that possible? And this and, and this statistics was available before there was a war on Yemen. They've been stockpiling for a long time. Why? Why would you what, and specifically American uh, arms deals? That, uh, under Obama, I think the largest arms deal ever in history to Saudi Arabia was made. Why is that? Why is that acceptable? If you think that they are. Uh, not respecting human rights in Saudi Arabia, if you're being openly critical about, uh, you know, uh, uh, women's rights in Saudi Arabia, about executions, about all these things. If you're going to be critical, then you you, you need to be even-handed. Why are you handing them all these weapons? Who do you think they're going to use them against?